Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Friday, December 1st. Following on from our top story yesterday, and we've had reaction from a children's charity over the murder of an 18-month-old boy in Kent. The NSPCC has described the cruelty inflicted on Alfie Phillips by his own mum and her former boyfriend as devastating and heartbreaking. Alfie died after suffering more than 70 injuries in a caravan near Faversham in November of 2020. 27-year-old Sean Hedges from Devon and Jack Jack Benham, who's 35 and from Hearn Hill, were yesterday found guilty of murder. They'll be sentenced later this month. This is the moment they were arrested. Sean, what I need to do is, okay, you need to listen to me carefully at this stage, okay? There's some injuries on Alfie which can't be accounted for at this stage. Okay, so, so the bruising to his eye, okay, there's a deformation with one of the wrists. And the hospital have also told us from an X-ray, just wait a moment, okay, that there's potentially an old fracture to one of the arms as well, which might, which may have required some sort of hospital treatment at the time, but they can't find any records to show that he has been taken. Okay, that's what we've been told at the moment time. Now listen to me, I'm not saying that you have done anything at all, but listen to me, just, just let me finish. Okay, so it's 2.33. What I have to do at this moment in time is I'm going to have to arrest you on suspicion of, of child neglect. Okay, just listen to me. So you don't have to say anything, but it may harm your defence. Don't mention wing questions, some stage running court, anything you do say so may be given evidence. Okay, I know what you're saying, and I appreciate this isn't great timing or anything like that, but we obviously have got, you know, we have to, have to do an investigation around it. As part of investigations, Jack Benham was later interviewed by police. Sean Mason. Um, what happened next? So you picked Alfie up. Straight up the house. Straight up the house. You said you um, you tried to raise him by biting him. Whereabouts you bite him? Well, I was holding him like this. So it would have been somewhere around here. I literally just was. I was just screaming in his head. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never been like that. Before. Speaking outside of the court yesterday, DCI Kath Way from Kent Police read a statement on behalf of Alfie's family. On Sunday, the 26th of May, 2019, Alfie came into our lives and blew us all away. It's hard to describe the love we have for him, but it was instant and unconditional. He completed our lives. Alfie was a reason for us all to exist, a reason to live, and we felt like our best friend had arrived on the day he was born. We yearned to see him every day, but then that day came, the day he was killed and he was gone. It has taken three years for the investigation and trial process into Alfie's death to finish. We've had to listen to the horrific details of what Sean and Jack did to Alfie how they assaulted him again and again. He suffered so much pain. In these years, we've not had the closure, and even after the trial, we feel that we still deserve answers. The only people with these answers are Sean and Jack, but they've refused to say what's happened to him. Still to this day, they've refused to take responsibility. They've never shown any remorse for what they did, and we will never know the truth as to what happened to Alfie. Alfie was so cruelly taken from us that day, Every day we are hurting. Our shining light that shone so bright will always be in our hearts. We have such special memories of our short time with Alfie and these memories keep us going on the darkest of days. We as a family would like to thank everyone who helped bring this case to court. From Kent Police serious crime team all the way up to the jury and the judge. A very massive thank you to, has to go to all the officers in the case for their professionalism, integrity and utmost respect for us as a family in dealing with this traumatic situation and their thoughtfulness towards us throughout the trial. Thank you from Alfie and his family. Both Sean and Jack are facing life in prison. Kent Online News.
It's been a chilly start to the day in Kent with temperatures dipping below freezing overnight. The gritters have been out treating main routes across the county. Snow's been falling and settling in some places. Annie Shuttleworth is from the Met Office and says the conditions are expected to continue into the weekend. So for Friday and Saturday, the beginning part of the weekend at least, it's going to be staying really cold. Friday night's going to be a very cold one and we could, so it's going to be a really cold start to the weekend. So you're certainly going to want your winter clothes uh, for the start the first couple of days of winter but the actual trend what we're expecting is for things to become to change a little bit from Sunday into the start of next week so it will turn slowly but surely less cold it's not going to return significantly milder all of a sudden you're not going to have sort of one day uh, completely different to the next but there will be a slow transition to that less cold weather and by midweek next week we should be in a much milder place but that does mean that we'll see more rain coming so it's going to be cold but fairly dry for the rest of the week and over the weekend and then a shift to that more sort of less cold milder wetter weather by the middle of next week but the the time in between could be a bit mucky at times we could see sort of quite a lot of cloud around and some really cold days. We're being urged to take extra care and look out for those who are vulnerable. It comes as a woman's been taken to hospital after a crash on the A299 Thanet Way. Four vehicles are thought to have collided on the London-bound stretch near Minster earlier this morning. It's understood no one was seriously injured. A search is underway for a driver who crashed into another car while trying to get away from police in Deal. It happened on Sandwich Road last week, leaving the victim's Mercedes in a ditch. The suspect's car had failed to stop for officers on the A258 near Worth and was later found abandoned. Kent Online News. A court's been told who a man was left with a fractured cheekbone after being attacked by two men at a block of flats in Margate. The pair had stepped in after seeing the victim arguing with his ex-partner in June last year. A 28-year-old has been locked up for more than two years, while a 45-year-old has been ordered to do unpaid work. 300 staff at hospitals across East Kent are set to go on strike. Members of the Unite Union at sites in Ashford, Margate and Canterbury are in a dispute with the Trust over payment for working during the pandemic. They've announced walkouts on the 11th, 15th and 18th of December. Youth services in Kent have been left scrambling to find their own funding after local bosses voted to end their subsidies. Kent County Council will instead move to a family hubs model designed to bring a number of services under one roof. It means groups like Gifted Young Gravesham, which is open to any young person, may be forced to close. I spoke to Caroline McNally-Johnson, who is a youth work specialist with the group. I think it's a terrible decision um, to implement family hubs. Uh, We've got very little information about them, to be honest. We don't know where they're going to be, when they're going to open, who's going to run them. So it's very hard to give you kind of a, you know, a very definitive kind of um, answer to that question. However, what I do know in their paperwork is that they're saying that uh, young people will still have services. However, they'll be targeted at those young people that are most in need. Now, that means that um, they won't be preventative. They won't be providing the kind of... um, preventative services that we're providing for young people. So for me, it's an absolute wrong move. I know at GIG, you do do a lot of work with the youth uh, in the community. As you said, aren't just from the most needy backgrounds. Everybody is free to join. Absolutely, yeah. We work with any young person that walks in our door. Everybody is absolutely made welcome. They call it a home. They call it their family. And um, yeah, we we have many, many young people. In fact, we work with more young people than KCC's in-house youth services do as commissioned providers across the county. And um, we're very successful. We're very well established. And we do. We work with young people from absolute points of crisis 
all the way up to um, celebrating with those young people when they've got scholarships for university from the work that they've done with us and uh, or, you know, they've kind of um, gone on to have their dream careers because of contacts that they've made and also with the confidence that they've gained from kind of taking part in all of our programmes and activities and the opportunities that we can offer them, we work with everyone, absolutely. And so what are the what are the funding hubs going to mean for services like Gifted Young Gravesham in terms of funding? Okay, so in terms of funding, actually the fact that we've lost uh, the core part of our budget, which was provided to us via KCC, means that our doors might close. You know, currently we are desperately seeking funding you know we're going out to corporate we're looking for sponsorship we've got a crowd funder we are literally doing everything that we can um to try to save our service because we know that we change lives we know that we save lives and we don't want young people to miss out on that and we're, we're really frightened for our young people here in gravesham and actually where they're going to go and what they're going to do can you expand on that a little bit? So if somebody's not able to come to Gifted Young Gravesham, what, where else in the community can they go? What sorts of problems, if there will be any, might they get into? Okay, so we're actually one of the most deprived areas in the country here in Gravesham. Um, so young people do have some high level of needs. We're also um, quite high up for antisocial behaviour, for example. And what we provide is literally an open door. You know, whoever you are, come in. Let's find out what you like. Let's get you involved. If we're closed, I honestly don't know where they will go because of many other services are either targeted or they uh, cost money and some of our young people can't even eat, let alone pay to go for dancing or pay to join some kind of other youth provision that actually they need to find money for. So I don't know that there is anywhere for young people to go. The subsidies Gifted Young Gravesham currently receive will end in April 2024. A man living in Strood says he's been left stranded and may have to consider breaking the law after the local authority revoked his parking permits. Pensioner Richard Payne lives in Florence Street, just off the A228, which has little to no room for parking. He's been buying a permit for £35 since 2002, but Medway Council now say due to a human error, it will no longer be allowed. With no long-term solutions suggested by Council, Richard says he may have no choice but to park illegally. Yesterday I received a letter from uh, Medway Council stating that my permit will be revoked as we live in a private street um, and for whatever reason it uh, hasn't been picked up on audit that we live in a private street and that has caused some problems and it prevents us from having parking permits in the future or even daily parking tickets. Um, as you can see from behind me, the, the street is too narrow for motor vehicles. It's too narrow, too unmade. Um, it's dangerous to come into the street because if you drive in, you would have to reverse out onto a main road. Uh, and if you reverse in, you have to perform a dangerous manoeuvre on the main road in order to reverse back into the street. So at the moment, I've never parked in this street because it is completely unsuitable. Also, it's a hazard potentially for emergency vehicles because when the street, um, if there were 16, there are 16 houses, at the moment there are only three cars in the street. If you have even five cars, you wouldn't get emergency vehicles up. If you had more than five cars, say, or 10 or 12, then the street will be totally blocked. Um, if you're indoors and you're blocking somebody else in, then you would have to move the car or you got the car moved in order to get out. Um, Medway Council must be of the opinion that this street is suitable for parking off-road 
for residents. Um, it is not suitable off-road and that is why for 20 years I've been able to park um, anywhere that my postcode allows, which, uh, which is the postcode uh, letter S for screwed. Um, to say that the audit, the, the Medway Council have cited that they have uh, had a, a, a human error and that this hasn't been picked up in their audit and that we should never have been allowed uh, parking permits. That was never told to me when I moved in and I've easily been able to obtain parking permits yearly. I'm on their system and we just uh, pay the money and we get our new permit every year. So how this has become an audit issue, I really have no idea. Kent Online have asked Medway Council for a comment. Kent Online News. A production inspired by real-life asylum stories is being performed in Kent over the next two days. It follows a year-long project with refugee groups and those who've made the journey to Kent. It's on at the Astor Theatre in Deal later and Folkestone's Quarterhouse tomorrow. A Kent MP is demanding an urgent meeting with Royal Mail after people living in Maidstone, Morling and Medway reported going weeks without getting mail. Some have missed hospital appointments while one of the Jills fans didn't receive his season ticket for three months. Chatham and Aylesford's Tracy Crouch says people want confidence in the system ahead of Christmas. Earlier this month, Ofcom fined Royal Mail £5.6 million for failing to meet targets. A holiday park in Kent has announced its closing with immediate effect. Bosses at Pontons in Canberra Sands have apologised and said they'll be in touch with anyone with bookings to arrange refunds. The camp was built in 1968 and covers 32 acres with 820 self-catering chalets. One of the tunnels at the Dartford Crossing is going to be closed overnight for maintenance work. National highways say the steelwork, drainage and electrical equipment needs to be checked and repaired. The closures will continue until December 19th. Kent Online News. Detailed plans have revealed the possible future of Chatham Docks. The redevelopment proposal includes demolishing the current warehouse and building units for waterside businesses. Pedestrian and cycle paths would also be created along the waterside. We're being invited to have our say on plans to sell off Kent's windmills. Kent County Council are planning to sell eight of them, including ones in Mepham and Ashford. In a bid to raise money, a public consultation is currently underway and will run to the new year. And a couple have admitted quitting their jobs to open a board game cafe in Kent. Canterbury is a risk. They've taken over the building that used to be Café Moresque near the cathedral. The long rest will be the first of its kind in the city. Kent Online News. And now with a look at what's on in Kent this weekend, here's Sam Laurie. We're officially into December and although it feels like Christmas has been creeping up on us for weeks, it's finally time to fully embrace the festive season and start gearing up for the big day. We're kicking things off this week with a host of festive attractions starting with the Believe Grotto at Bluewater. The shopping centre, just outside of Dartford, is opening its grotto from today for another year of elf workshops, toy making and of course meeting Father Christmas and receiving your special gift. Blue Water also has lots of other festive activities that are already up and running, including the Winterland Fairground, ice skating rink and Christmas films at the Showcase Cinema. Speaking of ice skating, the popular skate experience at Calverley Grounds in Tunbridge Wells is also opening up this weekend. The rink, which has become a staple of the town at this time of year, is surrounded by festive huts and shopping stalls, and there are special toddler sessions and Bavarian curling events throughout the season. Another town tradition that has become a huge part of the festive season for lots of families is the Dickensian Christmas Festival, which returns to Rochester Town Centre on Saturday and Sunday. The festival features street entertainers dressed up in Victorian costumes, outdoor parades and processions, family workshops and a carol service outside the cathedral. 
It also coincides with the Rochester Christmas Market, which is still open this weekend and next weekend at the Castle Grounds. When it comes to theatre, let's be honest, we all know that panto season takes over from now until New Year's, and that's exactly what we've got coming up over the weekend. It's opening night at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley on Saturday, as this year's panto, Cinderella starring Loose Women's Brenda Edwards, welcomes audiences for another year of booze, hisses, claps and cheers. Tickets are still available online if you haven't booked yours yet. And finally, the Marlowe Theatre Panto opened this week, and if you want to find out if it's another showstopper, you can read our review of this year's Aladdin, starring former Strictly Pro Kevin Clifton, up on Kent Online. That's just about it for this week, but there's still lots of festive fun to come, so make sure you listen again next Friday to find out what brilliant events are coming up in Kent. Kent Online Sports. Football now, and it's a massive game for Gillingham this weekend. They welcome Charlton Athletic to Priestfield in the second round of the FA Cup. A win for the Jills could see them drawn against a Premier League side in round three. Head coach Stephen Clements is hoping for a big reaction from his players and from the fans. He's been speaking to reporter Luke Cordell. We just speak to Max Seymour as well. Yeah. Back in the team, and he enjoyed being back in there. Do you enjoy watching him play? Did you feel that he took his chance? Well, look, I, 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 I said to Max when I came in, I had a chat with him in my office and uh, I, I would have had no problem playing Max when I first came into the team. Um, I completely trust him. I know he's a, a top professional. Um, he's, he's done well throughout his career uh, and I didn't expect any different when I put him in um, the other night. So, and, 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 he, and he could be really pleased with his performance. Um, so that would have been good for him though because no player doesn't like being in the team. Uh, and especially... Probably the, st- the stage he's at, he's an experienced player, want to be playing all the time. Um, he'd have been disappointed, but he's had his chance and he's took it. Was that experience something that you wanted to get back into the defence, a bit more experience? Was that part of your thinking? I think uh, it was, experience does always help, uh, but there's nothing wrong with youth as well. And um, they're, um, I think, I think um, that voice in the back four can be a, can be a good thing. Um, but... Um, Obviously, I've got Scott Malone who's been playing left back, and um, there's there's, a, there's enough experience experience out there. But um, I think um, going going forward, um, obviously, all centre halves over in the building have to be available to play, and and um, we'll have to see who I, who I pick going forward. I think the, the three main centre backs there they've all played alongside each other as well, so there's there's no problems with them integrating with each other. Quite yeah, I think I think I think Connor and Max have probably played together the most, but then obviously when I arrived. Um, uh, Shad and Connor in the team, but uh, I think at the start of the season it was, it was it was Shad and Max. So there's different combinations. They can all play together. They all have different qualities, um, and um, yeah. But what we needed, we needed a clean sheet, and um, and the back four, along with the rest of the team and the goalkeeper, um, done a really good job of getting that week uh, on Tuesday. So that was what I was really pleased about. You said it might not have been the best performance on Tuesday, but um, you didn't they have to raise it a bit more for Saturday if they're going to get it up? I think if you're going to beat a team from a high division, um, you've got to play at the top of your game. So uh, the boys are going to have to be, um, yeah, play. I mean, it has to be seven, eight, nine out of ten uh, to get to get a result. There's no doubt about that. They're going to be the favourites coming into it. They've got good, good players. So have we. If we turn up, we will give them. A, we'll give them a good game. Um, so uh, that'll be the aim. As underdogs, is the pressure off? Can the pressure ever be off? Um, I don't think pressure's ever off as a football player. I think if you obviously always want to do well. Um, you want to um, you, you want to you want to perform um, every time you go onto the football pitch. So I think the pressure's always on a little bit. I think you put 
a lot of pressure on yourself as, a, as an individual more than anything. So the boys will still be feeling it, but they should be looking forward to it and relishing it. And Max was saying that they're pretty confident that they could do a job as well. You must be confident they can. I'm confident in the boys, but um, I'm, 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 I, I, as I say always, you have to respect the opposition. And we're playing a team from a division above. Um, we've got a, a good manager who's been very experienced and done well in the past. He's doing well now, so I expect it to be a tough, tough game. Um, we need our fans right behind us, be that 12th man, um, to really make it a difficult place to, to, to play for Charlton. And that'll make it... Um, That'll, make, that'll, be, that'll be better for us as a team. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. And while you're there, you can check out the latest review from The Secret Drinker. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.